Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jawadian Podcast. With me here today is uh, Ayana Ife, Hi. Ami, and Lalu the Supreme. Welcome yes, back. Yes, sir. Um, today with us, we have the topic of these, these new things called NFTs. They're a form of, uh, I would say, cyber art. Well, okay, I, got, um, I got you. I can, I can break it down. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so NFT stands for non-fungible token. And what that means is a, is meaning it can't be exchanged for, a, for anything or substituted for anything. For example, a fungible asset would be uh, something that could be substituted. Like, say, a dollar can be exchanged for four quarters. And that's because they have the same value. So they're, those are fungible assets. And NFT has... A, this unique attributed uh, unique attributes applied to them, which makes them different from other assets, uh, you know, that would be within the same class. So the token, I believe is the part of the acronym that refers to the fact that this uh, has a, a digital certificate using blockchain technology to trace the history of the asset and its original creator. So the confusion for me in this is that it's being described as a digital asset and containing art and being non-fungible while having a described monetary value. You know, that's where it kind of becomes con- a little confusing for me. But uh, so according to my understanding, this is blockchain technology used to house an art piece. Uh, it's being used in, t- in relation to car- Art, how we're seeing this art boom in this area, is blockchain technology used to house an art piece along with that art piece's monetary value. So the art okay. and the price of the art, which gives the art, uh, which gives it, uh, which gives the asset, the the art, its value as an asset are inseparable. So if you were to buy these assets, like. I see some people doing for like crazy amounts of money. Some of these assets are like, they're like avatars. Like they're like, uh, they call them crypto punks and they're like these, uh, these pixelated avatars. And if you were to buy these assets and the public loses interest in them, then in my understanding, they no longer have any value. You're screwed. Right? You're screwed. Yeah. Mm. Even so its value is based on how popular it is. Basically, most yeah, the most know, thing well most things are, but the, the, in the yeah. sense, I mean, like you know what I mean, right? Yeah, because yeah. even even though they are uh, assets like based on public demand and everything, because they're not like regular toys. But for instance, if Punk, Funko Pop or something was shutting down because they weren't making uh, sales, and they could resell those toys. At a discounted price to smaller, less popular yeah. markets, and people can yeah. pick them up. But it's my understanding that this wouldn't be possible with NFTs. Uh, who who would buy a discounted pixelated avatar? You know, after the public lost interest in it, because that's where its true value lies. I feel in relation okay, to so other. Here's my. I have a, I have a problem with the NFTs, and here it is. Uh, people are making millions off of it to 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 uh 
to my knowledge, millions mm-hmm. off of these things. And I went, uh, did a little research, and there's a super popular one of LeBron James uh, dunking. The king himself. And I went and I looked for the, uh, for the image of it, and it's just a picture <laughs> of him sort of green screened with a, with a really sketchy background behind him uh, doing a dunk in the air. And I was like, you could screenshot his game and do a little Photoshop app thing, and wouldn't you get the same... Uh, you'd get the same outcome. Like, you can you get the same Google piece the art. image. You can Google the image and pull it up and like so do a little editing and get the same why, thing. Why are NFTs valuable so when valuable. at the end of the day, from what I see, they're just images? Because at the end of the day, you're, you're like, so like the way Ami described it, the same way, uh, you're purchasing kind of like a receipt and like you're purchasing like the receipt of the like original thing that it's like made off like basically you're purchasing like the image and its receipt and like i guess the value comes from having that receipt i guess also the value comes from like it's kind of like blockchain right so you're able to trace it it back to the source right you're able to trace it back to the source and that's really a big part of it and um i can understand it because if you really consider that art is subjective um and it's used in so many different ways. So some of what you use, you can pull different things into different types of games. So it's not just about an image. There are so many different types of, of NFTs. And it's really just a way that um, gamers and people that are more dabbling in Bitcoin and stuff like that, they're able to have, you know, virtual Dude. value, really. Um, it's, I don't fully understand how it translates into a form of currency, but at the same time, I do you understand, understand how it works. I, I do understand how it can be considered valuable. If you consider that um, Vincent van Gogh draws a picture, right, that has right. value. Now, anyone can draw that picture. But, but because of the fact that it's drawn by a particular person who the general masses have dubbed this person an expert, or, or have found value in this person's work, be it that because he shot himself or he died or whatever the case, because his work didn't become popular till after his death. Um, it's still a piece of paper or a canvas that the general public have said this has value. That's the only no, reason but the why. Difference is, the difference is, Vincent's, uh, if you replicate it and put it out there, Vincent's estate is not going to get money. Well, no, it's a replica, but it won't be traceable always. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a little Well, different, I'm trying so. to make the point. I'm trying to make the point. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's the same thing. I'm trying to make the point that a thing can have value, even if everyone's not an art collector and everyone doesn't give a damn about Vincent van Gogh. But for the people who do find value in his work or value in Monet or value in whomever, that in that subculture, it's important. That's to an art really collector, it, it's extremely important to be able to have That's really what it's about here. So that's, it's, really, it's, that's really all oh, it is. I have, I have a question. Right? All, hold on a sec. It's all about subculture. Because, right. like, okay. um, because it, it, when it comes to, like, art, art and stuff, uh, paintings and stuff, most of the time you can look at it and people derive different feelings and stuff from it. Yeah, it's but if you're not a part of that, in the, the internet has created all these these enclaves of subcultures and groups of people who are clustering <laughs> to, to communicate and do their own thing. And say for instance, like Logan Paul and their following and everything, the, the Pokemon cards that he was publishing as NF, NFTs 
with his face on it or something. But there is a mm-hmm. whole group of people, subculture, you could say, of people who are like fans of this guy. And even though that may not look like anything to us, mm-hmm. you know, we're not looking at it uh, through the through the lens of oh, this is this is a piece of art and this is beautiful because we're not attached to that subculture. So I feel like it's so much more about subculture than it is about the art itself. You know right. what I mean? And right. because mm-hmm. the the artist or the producer of this, it is it's a way for them to sell merch you know what i mean directly to people uh within this digital space you know it's weird so is the so let me so the the picture of lebron i'm gonna keep using this as (laughs) as an example (laughs) um so the picture of him dunking the nft of him dunking uh what sets it apart from what i'm getting from just a normal uh a normal instagram photo of him jumping (laughs) is that it's uh Help me out it's here. What, what, what? It's, okay, so so it's, it's so it's listed at a price, but then it's backed by the subculture, right? You see what I mean? That's sort of what we're seeing. Okay, that, I like, get it. Okay, no, I get so it. you can list and you can make your own NFT and post it out there, but if no one knows you or there's no subculture or yeah. group or anything or following behind it, it's not backed by it, anything. No. So the the it's, value of the NFT is backed by the following and the subculture or the group that it's like if you were going to go to um if you were to go to comic-con with a uh with a special release from the 70s that nobody has and the subculture there if whatever price you list it uh markets its value depending on the people who support you i get it i get it no so you can list it for a hundred thousand dollars and but if the people are buying into it into the subculture to that extent that extreme level then somebody might purchase it right then it has a value okay. i mean it really goes for anything if you look at design it's literally the same thing if if an outfit is is made by versace it has that value and the person who's willing to pay that will pay for that you know that money it's or really pay crazy. for that yeah so this conversation actually helped me understand it a little more oh okay awesome i mean i thought i understood it going into that into this but like as we talk about it and everything, I think that's pretty freaking amazing to to, uh, to to be able to see these subcultures and grow and yeah. then create, create their own uh, niche content and place their own value on things. That's I mean, you could level. be like a you could be like a subculture vulture and like you know just scroll through Reddit all day. I mean, and all night yeah, if you're to buy yeah. stuff from and sell back. To Right. I mean, this is what serial entrepreneurs do. It's very similar. You find what's the hype, you ride the hype until it's no longer hype and then you sell. So it's, yeah. it's really, yeah, it's, it's, if you can integrate and you can understand it and you can find out how to place yourself there to, to benefit. Yeah. I mean, you could really, really make it's almost, luck. yeah, it's almost like a part of history too. That's why people are going For in sure. these, like, Oh, uh, these, uh, this is a cyberpunk or whatever they call a uh, crypto punk the crypto punk avatars and stuff, because even if it dies out like 10 years from now, like it will have all this history attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this was a crypto punk from 2020. And you know, here's the thing. Well, what, what was a crypto punk, you know? And then it's like, Oh, well, a crypto punk in 2020, 
funny little chest experiences, this? blockchain technology. Yeah. You can infuse these artwork into it, place a monetary so value on it. Yeah. Subcultures of people surrounded it and boosted that value and gave yeah. validity to that value. And then when the subculture died out and, and drifted away, we were left just holding the bag of this uh, this uh, this this asset that we we couldn't we couldn't uh, afford to sell because no one would buy it. And it's like, wow, that's like fascinating, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. But the I don't know. When I was reading the article, when I was reading the articles, I was completely lost. This, just bouncing the ideas. I, I get it now. It's funny how I um, was talking about that. It just sounds, it just sounds like um, niggas being niggas on Reddit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, That's what but the thing is, the thing is, after the subculture even dies, I can see why the value might go up because right. say say everybody becomes stops more fo- coveted. Yeah. following Logan Paul and everybody hates him and then he goes away from YouTube and then like t- 10, 20 years from now, somebody's like, oh, I have this single edition logo, Logan Paul baseball card, Pokemon baseball. card and then some, there's some right. deep inherent lover of Logan Paul comes along. They're like, oh, yeah. I still am a fan. Even this day, I watch his old videos 10 years later. There's and always going to be people like When it dies out, the last remaining kind of becomes like a, an archive yeah. uh, to what it once was. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just history so, and that's the way it works. And people really love to idolize things and they love to idolize humans. So as long frank. as people want to do that, you know, there's always going to be a place to create that value. Too much materialistic value on things. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, let's uh, let's make a complete one eighty right now. Complete one eighty, okay. A complete one eighty into the fray. This has been going on for I don't know I don't know how cemented the laws are right now, Mm -hmm. but in France, in accordance with Islam, the first one that I remember is uh, women under the age of eighteen are not allowed to wear hijab at all. Okay. Like it's illegal. Mm-hmm. The age of consent in France is fifteen, yep. but the age to consent to wear a scarf on your head is eighteen now. I want to zoom out for a second. Anyone who doesn't know what hijab is, hijab is a headscarf that's worn by Muslim women. Um, very similar to the to the habit that nuns wear on their heads. It's very similar to that, and Muslim women wear it all the time. Some Muslim women don't, and lots of Muslim women do. Um, so that's what a hijab is. Now, France's law is not necessarily a law against hijab. What the law is, is what they're calling, quote unquote, a secularism law. Anti- France is all about secularism. And anything that reflects, so the, what the law says is that anything that, or the bill, excuse me, that they're trying to pass is anything that reflects a particular religion um, that is stricken. You can't do it. So they're saying that um, anything that shows, for example, a Sikh's turban, um, um, a Jewish man's a yarmulke, these are things that go against their secularism rules because it shows that you're a part of, you're affiliated with a religious group. So it's kind of like the Taliban, but in the opposite way. Mm. Um, right, where they force women to put on clothing, France forces women to take off clothing. Because they're saying their secularism rules or their secularism values um, say that, you know, less is more. So essentially, mm-hmm. this is not something that just started. This has been going on for years in France. I mean, in, I believe it was 2017. There was a Muslim woman on the beach 
Now, the reason why Muslims are coming to be such a big part of this is because if you are a Muslim woman who covers yourself, that means you're wearing lots of clothing and you're wearing a lot of clothing every day. So it's very, it's, a Muslim woman can be very visibly, you know, not secular. We look very visibly not secular. Um, yeah. So that's the reason why that, it, it disproportionately, now the rules disproportionately affect certain members of society who are French or who are immigrants or what have you. And so that's why it's being dubbed the, the, the anti-Muslim rule. Now, when it comes to people not being allowed to wear their hijab in public spaces, that means, A, within the school system, and any mothers who are, who are transporting their children within the school system, cannot, they're not allowed to do it. Now, what made this recent situation go viral is because there was a, a woman who was in a public space wearing hijab, and a man was yelling at her and telling her, this is, goes against our secularism rules, and you cannot wear that here. Someone recorded it and put it online, and so it brought back up the issue. Um, and so that's what's been going on now. And a lot of people have been rising out and calling it an anti-Islam bill because it does have specific clause in this bill that says a woman cannot accompany her child with hijab and women under the age of 18 cannot wear hijab in school. So it does kind of push that. Now, this is also, so the, these symbols of religion, they can't be shown in any public spaces. So for example, um, I'm a hijabi. If I was in college, I wouldn't be able to wear a hijab in college because that's a public space. Um, so it's a very serious thing, and it strips, um, it strips a lot of people of their basic human rights, of their basic rights of just wearing clothing. Um, and so something so serious as to, as to a couple of years ago, some police officers approached a Muslim woman on the beach who was wearing a burkini, which is a fully covering swimsuit that is similar to a wetsuit in some cases, but um, also it, it's like a top and a pant, so it covers the full body. She was approached yeah. and she was told to remove her clothing on the beach by some police officers because they were saying it's a, it goes against the secularism ruling. And that's why I say it's very, it really reminds me of like the Taliban and the kind of things that they do to women, like, oh, put on clothing or you're going to hell or something like this. It's very similar. It's just saying now we're going to strip you of your clothing, which some people have argued is even worse, you know, making someone take off their clothing. You don't know what I look like under here. So it's just, you know, so it's, it's really caused a lot of public outrage. And um, I frankly believe that it's wrong. I don't think that you, you should police someone's body. You should police what someone can wear. Um, and I think that the laws need to be reevaluated and, um, and they need to be readdressed. Now, I don't know if this bill went fully into effect, but um, with France, it started with the niqab. We don't want women wearing the niqab, the face covering. We don't want, then it was, we don't want women wearing a burqa which is the full body covering. Um, now it's, we don't want you wearing hijab. So, and this has been over the course of several years, about a decade or so, I would say. Um, and that's the reason why a lot of people are saying France is at it again, attacking Muslim women for their clothing. Because like I said, mm -hmm. these laws disproportionately affect Muslim women because of the way that we cover. So that's yeah. the big issue that's going on in France right now. Frankly, I believe, I don't, I believe that, um, when you try to create that universal mindset that everyone has to do the exact same thing, it's always going to disproportionately affect someone else. So it yeah. pushes someone else into a corner and it makes someone else feel less than, and it really, really will create more discrimination towards Muslim women. And it already has. So, um, you know, they're it's calling it the, the anti-separatism bill. And right. 
I don't remember. I don't remember exactly where I heard this, but um, there was a quote from an interview where uh, a man involved with uh, the making of the law. Uh, he said that it's uh, the main the main point of making an age of consent for the hijab was to so that kids could. Uh, his excuse was so that kids could uh, feel like they they're not apart from everybody else, so that they. Um, you know that they, they uh, that wearing the hijab wouldn't separate them from everyone else and make them feel uh, like an outcast or anything like that. But I think what they don't understand is that wearing the hijab is a choice yeah. that all women can make, cannot make. It's up to them. It's who they are, and there's there's no there's no forcing. There's there's nothing. It's wrong and, to dictate the uh, practices that someone can do within their faith when that practice isn't hurting anyone by putting because an people extra don't layer understand the faith. That's why, and the, and exactly. that's the thing: you're governing and you're ruling these laws over people when one you don't care to to get in there and find out why, but you're making rules to strip a woman of her clothing, especially a young woman, at a time in her life when she is still discovering who she is. When she's not comfortable, whether Muslim or non-Muslim, women are still discovering themselves in their teenage years. And a lot of them are not comfortable just showing anything. So you're yeah. now taking a girl who grew up, probably started wearing, she, women, Muslim women start wearing their hijab around puberty. So that could be anywhere from age 10, 11, 12, sometimes even 15. So, um, so you're making a woman who's still new to hijab, she's still finding herself, she's still discovering what kind of a woman she's going to be. And now you're saying, hey, now that you're getting comfortable with this, we're going to take it off of you. How sad is that, that you cover your hair for religious reasons, and then you go to school, and you're forced by your school and by the government to remove your hijab? Yeah. And that's the reason why I feel like it just reminds me of, of some of those laws that you hear about that, that the Taliban push on women you know, you're young and you're a girl, you can't go to school. Or if your top's not long enough, someone's getting beat. It's just, it's governing the body of a woman and that's wrong. What I don't like, understand, wait, go ahead. No, is it like this, I don't know much about France at all, really, but mm -hmm. is this like a uh, push for secularism? In, yeah, it's their push for like, secularism. Is it, it, I know, but is it like, are they seeing this as like a collectivistic thing? Like, oh, by... By secularizing, everything will have a more collectivistic society where people will have less individuality and be more about the whole rather than the individual. Like communism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that. I mean that. That's what it's. That's kind of what. That's it what it looks like. like. I mean, yeah. in, in the in the in the U.S., this wouldn't work because this would go against the Fourth Amendment, which is another right against uh, illegal. Um, searches and, and seizures and we also have a freedom to 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 do what we what we want freedom in, of in practice terms of clothing and yeah and you yeah, know what's interesting because rights. but listen to this they all they say also in france that this is also about their um they don't want to mix um church and state right so so that's also what they say this is about a secularism law and we also don't want to mix church and state so but then the, why is the, the state, state infringing upon thank you that's what people are saying so why is the state now going into people's homes and telling them that they can't practice so you know it's really interesting yeah hashtag get out <laughs> that's a discriminatory law especially if you're now going to have people in, in government buildings yelling at people for the way that they're dressed like, that's yeah. no way to enforce the law. You can't be in here. Mind you, this woman is just sitting down, literally volunteering to be a part of a program, 
And that's one of the things I was watching um, it on Al Jazeera where they were talking about it. And, and one of the women, um, these are people from France that are living in the country. They were saying like, um, there are a lot of women that a volunteer within the school, the school, you're, you're completely ruining families. Like people volunteer to go with their children. How dare you? Like I'd be damned if someone was trying to tell me I couldn't go to take my kid to school because, because of what they're even cracking down on homeschooling. Like they're, they're not allowing so many things over there and Mm. it's all under the guise of um, secularism, but I don't know. I think there's something else going on. I uh, I spoke about this a while back uh, with one of my friends, and uh, basically what he was saying was he thought this kind of it kind of enraged me. He said he thought that we were past stuff like this in the year 2021, and I brought up the the uh, I brought up the topic of Compton Tim, where everyone thought that we were making. Just listen, everyone thought we were making such great strides in the early 80s until the rap group. NWA and other people started coming out rapping about what was happening in Compton and getting the message that the police were really like abusing and destroying their lives out there. Uh, like you said about the whole France thing, it, it's, it didn't just start. Like it's been going on for what, like since like 2017 or something well, like that? Longer than that. Longer than that. Longer than that. So now too. it's just now coming to light. And it kind of shocked me and enraged me uh, that my buddy really thought that the world was like, like we were like we're beyond stuff like this, you know. Good for we should, yeah. I mean, we should be, and I actually agree with what he said. Like, it's sad that in 2021 we're having this discussion. Oh, I don't like this woman's wearing some fabric on her head, and I Hold feel on. scared or Auntie threatened Anna. or whatever. Auntie Anna, I mean, uh, not I mean, uh, Lava, bro. It's like it's not just France that's doing this. You all know in China, it's, it's, of course, it's of Europe. Course. We know what's yeah, going no, on with the Uyghur in, Muslims in China. Yes. Yeah, that too. Like it's like. Muslims have yet to catch but, a break. But that, seriously, yeah. but the, the situation in China is different. <laughs> that's like cleansing, like like some kind of, they're, they're cleansing the population. Also, I don't know where this happened in, but um, Other parts a, story, of I, a story I read, um, uh, so people were praying at a mosque, right? And then a man came in and shot the place up. Or that like, was in New he, Zealand. That was a couple years ago. He killed yeah. fifty-one people. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't like it, it, this is recent. Oh, this a man recently? came. Yes, a man came and like shot up like a mosque, and like someone was crying because she was like, "Oh, I don't feel safe here because like how can I like pray? I'm not safe." Like Dude, a mosque. Like that's, that's like yeah, because like when people I was were, like in, defenseless because they're making prayers. That's really the good. thing, though. I didn't see this on the news. If you find that article, can you send that yeah. to us? Yeah. Because yeah, when I was in Italy in 20, 2019, that's when the New Zealand shooting happened. And I'll be honest with you, when I went to the mosque uh, for Eid prayer, I was looking around like, listen, the women's area is always in the back. Like, there's no extra door. Like, I was like, I don't feel safe in the mosque. And usually the mosque is a place where you go and you let your guard down. You're here to talk to God. You're, you know, you're here to connect. And so it's sad. Oh, sacred ground. That's like spiritual. Seriously. The same thing is happening in... Uh... Myanmar, mm. with Muslims there, with the Rohingya, they've been uh, driving them out of there as well, uh, yeah. killing by the military and uh, moving the population from place to place. It's crazy. To yet to catch a break, man. Seriously. I think it's. I think it's good. Like we're in a more modern time where a lot of things aren't like a lot of things are prohibited in, in the ways of treating people like badly and things like that. And, People are getting, like, we're making strides. 
But we have to realize that most of that that we see is happening is happening here in the U.S., in our country. Around the world, everything is not the same. You know, like places aren't as diverse. Uh, they're not as uh, they don't all, all countries don't sell the same uh, the same notion of complete freedom like the mm-hmm. U.S. does. You know That's what I mean? That's true. That's very true. So it's we're in a modern time, but, but things are things are to be honest, they're kind of still the same. Mm. Like there's progress, <laughs> but it's very gradual, very slow. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. It, that that happens. Like, and it does take time to make progress and make strides. But what I see happening in France, I see that as a step backwards. I do not see that as progress. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I don't. I, not at all. I think he was saying in relation to like uh, other parts of the world, there's progress here. Uh, I think you're right. I think we should discuss progress uh, next um, next uh, episode when we should discuss the results yes, of the Chauvin trial and see if yeah. there's any uh, precedent there that could lead us to a better future. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's uh, my uh, final thoughts on this. On this okay. Hold on. Right. Um, what's it called? So we talked about NFTs, right? And we talked yeah. about how how far cyber or, like, technology has come. And to talk right after about, like, Islamic prejudice, so, like, the comparison about how, like, some things have progressed so far mm-hmm. and how some things have, like, regressed or, like, gotten worse is kind of rough. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, like, that's just something I'm thinking, like, like uh, NFTs. It's, like, opposites. Opposites, man. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's sad watching, like... Why is like, technology advancing why is Why is one thing getting, like, such ground and one, and another thing just, like... Because people, people look at religion as a thing of the past. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. People, people look at, at those old school values as It's not evolving with the yeah, times. Yeah, as, like, it's not evolving with the times. And people feel like if you want to practice something or if you want to follow a, a religion, then you're stuck in the old ways. Yeah, like the gays with Christianity and like, mm-hmm. gays? <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, um, some people thought it was like bad to be gay. I mean, when you look at religion in general, right? The three world religions, the major, the it has not major been kind to right, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, um, or should yeah. I say, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam? They they say that um, you know, being homosexual is is wrong. So that's just, I mean, we didn't make up the, re- the religions. That's just what they yeah. yeah. So, but it's not, that's not the reason why religions are being stopped now. Because there are plenty of churches that are accepting um, people that are gay and lesbian and different things like that at this time. And people have progressed their mindset and they have, be- they have the world has become in many ways, it has become, we're, we're, we have become more able to coexist. So yeah. that, that is something that has progressed within, you know, just the world in general. But that's not what the religious oppressions are now. They're not saying, oh, we're going to put you down because you're harassing um, the LGBTQ plus community. That's not what's, what's being said here. We're saying we don't like what you're doing. We don't think that this practice is relevant to us in any way. And we don't want to yeah. see it. And I think that that's the, I think a lot of France's issue is like an issue of optics. I don't like it. I don't want to see you on my beach. I want to be topless on the beach and you make me feel like I can't be topless on the beach. But half the time, Muslims aren't trying to do anything to you. We're just trying to have a good time ourselves, but you don't like it the way that a covered person looks. And that's the reason why you're out to get people. 
under the guise of like, oh, this is our secularism rule. So yeah, I, fully, I don't fully understand it, but I think a lot of it is like, you don't believe in something yourself. And so that's the reason why you don't see value in a system that people could believe in. And it's unfortunate well, because a lot of the rules that are being made are by, pe- are by people that don't see a value in Islam or don't see a value in a religion that is uh, aside from Christianity when you look at a lot of the European nations. So, sounds like they're stifling um, individuality the same way that they believe uh, religion stifles uh, That's freedom. what I'm saying. So it's it's, it's such a backwards concept. Way. Exactly. Because um, you'll say, oh, we need to liberate the Muslim women, right? Because look at what Saudis weren't, they just got, were able to drive over there only a few years ago. And, you know, uh, the, the Taliban are doing this or ISIS is doing this, but you're just like them. <laughs> because you're, the you're, that's the thing. Like you're just another form of control. So you're not liberating people. You're saying, I'm going to liberate you in the way that I feel you need to be liberated. And that's yeah. just what the Taliban is saying too. I'm going to put you in the place where I feel you need to be. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you're not trying to help anyone. You're trying to help yeah. someone in the way that you think that they need to be helped. The thing about religion is you can pick and choose what you decide to follow, uh, believe or follow in life in that way. Uh, because, you know, I don't agree everything that Islam says uh, with everything that Islam says about uh, gay people or people in, in general. And that's fine. And, um, and the, the problem, though, I see with the state regulating this is because it's no longer just a belief. It's a Thank law you. now that's, that, that is governing what not what people can believe, but what they can do. Right. Also. And so that's that's the difference. It's, it is stifling that whereas the religion, a religion can say one thing and People who, because Islam is such a, is such a beautiful religion that, in my interpretation of it, it tells me not to follow those, some of those beliefs that would denigrate another people. So I can't do that. By well, following, you want for your brother what you want for yourself. It is what. Right. It is. So by following those, uh, those ideologies, I can't put another person down or hate another person. 